Māori ari te whānau, welcome back to a new episode of the Māori Millionaire Podcast. Ko te kahukura Boynton tō kuingua, huri tēnei nō Ngātika Hunganu, ngai tūhoi te whakatōhia hoki, and I am your podcast host. So māori ari te whānau, welcome to my podcast if you're new here and this is the first episode you've ever tuned in on. And if you're not new then know my hoki mai, you already know the go. If you haven't already, please do rate the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This really helps drive the podcast out to more people. And if you really love it, then please do share this on your Instagram story and tag me. Um, the more people we can organically get to listen to my podcast, um, the more resources I have to be able to produce more content so that Fano Māori have the best resources to manage our putia. So without further ado, um, let's get on to today's podcast episode. Today's podcast episode is all about investing versus saving and some different things that I want us to consider when we're making these kind of decisions. Before we get started, I did want to lead this podcast with a disclaimer, which is relevant for all of my podcast episodes, all of my content, like on social media, on my blog, on everything, um, and that is that this is not financial advice. Um, Māori Millionaire is an education platform, so I'm here to share resources and to share what I know, but I'm not a qualified financial advisor, and this should not be considered financial advice, so please just um, move forward knowing that. And please do get your advice from a qualified professional before making um, investing decisions. But um, let's just get on to today's podcast episode, investing over saving. What's more important? When do we invest? When do we save? What other things we should consider? <clears throat> the first thing I would um, like to kind of preface this with is that I don't think that you should be investing if you do not have an emergency fund. If you have high interest debt, like a credit card, um, or if you do not have your basics sorted, so if your budget isn't sorted, if all of those things aren't sorted, those are the priorities over investing. And the reason for that is that investing is a long-term game, but you will not make money in the stock market, if, or in any market really, if you do not have the basics down packed. So we need to make sure that we have backup putia so that when emergencies come up, we're not going to a credit card, we're going to our emergency fund. We need to make sure that we are living within our means and not accumulating high interest debt as well as investing. I know people who have a credit card but also invest in the stock market and they don't pay their credit card off each month, meaning that they're paying interest. It's KTPI to have a credit card if you're paying it off every single month and not a um, accruing any interest but if you uh if you have a credit card and you're paying interest every week so you're helping someone else make money you're growing someone else's company someone else's business but you're also investing in the stock market it just cancels out it doesn't make sense if you're going to make money in the stock market say you're making 10 percent, but you're paying 18 percent in interest the numbers don't add up there is no point in doing that so I just wanted to share my whakaro on this and what kind of process we need to go through because it's important that we do things in order. So the first thing that you need to do before you look at anything else is look at your emergency fund. Do you have a savings account with at least $1,000 in it? I would look upwards, like I'm trying to build mine to a hefty like $5,000 emergency fund because what I've noticed is that $1,000 isn't quite enough. Um, it was when I was 18, but... I'm only 20 now and like with the bills I have now I'm like oh this isn't actually enough like if you crash your car and you have to pay a $1,300 excess 
that's not covered with your $1,000 emergency fund. So I want to have it higher, something like $5,000, which is my goal at the moment, but I haven't reached that. Um, but essentially, you need an emergency fund to go to so that you're not going into debt when emergencies happen. So that would be the first thing to do before you start investing or even think about investing. Like You need to have your emergency fund. But the next one that you need to sort out is high interest debt. So do you have any car loans, any um, credit cards? Are you paying off furniture? Are you paying off a washing machine? What loans do you have on higher purchase? Um, and have a look at what interest rate these are on. Because if they're interest free, then that's fine. But if they have interest on them, then there's no point in making interest through another investment when you're paying interest, right? They just cancel each other out. And sometimes it's actually worse than cancelling each other out, but you're actually losing money because if you had have put, say you're putting $1,000 into the stock market, if you put $1,000 on your debt and cut down your debt, then that could look like a different picture. But it really depends on how much interest you're paying, what those loans look like, um, and what exit fees they have. But I think that the first like important thing after your emergency fund is to get rid of any high interest debt. And the reason for that is that you are paddling backwards. When you're paying interest at high rates, like 20%, which is what most people are paying when they have loans from like a loan shark, for a car, or for credit cards, you can't make 20% in the stock market in your first year, or even in the property market. Um, you could if you had enough money to invest and you had that capital to make that money. But it's unlikely on a low income on with low capital that you're going to be making 20% through your investments. So that's why it's important to pay off your interest first because it's better to get rid of that 20% interest payment than to make 10%, right? You should put that money into your debt first. Once you've got your emergency fund and your debt sorted, the next thing I would really consider before investing is insurance. The reason why is that insurance protects you when things go wrong. It is plan B. Like, we should be living to make sure that we don't have, you know, like, health. So for our health, for example, making sure that we're doing small things to help increase our life expectancy. Um, I've recently quit, uh, quit vaping, which is really exciting for me. But you need to have, like, two years vape-free for it to count as, a, as being smoke-free. So those are small things we can do to help reduce the need for insurance but I think that it's important to have insurance as a backup plan. Um, my insurance advisor is Rochelle from RMP Insurance. I post about them all the time on Instagram so go and have a look if you are looking for an insurance advisor. Um, this podcast is not sponsored at all by RMP Insurance but I just genuinely love all of their mahi um, and Rochelle is a wahine Māori and she's super relatable and just always there to just help you like I send her messages all of the time and I'm like hey Rochelle like I was just wondering about blah 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 um and that's the lovely nature of that office is that they're there to support you um and they're there to answer your questions and follow them on Instagram even if you're not wanting to get insurance from them because they have some really awesome content about insurance and about what it means to be insured about why it's important to have insurance so part of that education um level is really honed in on on her instagram page and i love it so make sure to go check that out if you haven't already 
But the reason why insurance is super important is that we don't want to lose what we have worked so hard for. So if you have a car, for example, and it gets ridden off, you have to buy a new car if you were to replace it to get to the same to the same level you were at before, right? If we have insurance, um, it gets replaced through the insurance company. Yes, there are payments to be having every week, um, but I think when you have a low level of wealth, um, it's important to protect what you have. And so if you have more to lose than you have in your account, so say, say if you have like 50 grand in your account and you have a $5,000 car, I'd probably, you know, it would be different and it would be a different scenario. But if you have not much money and you have a car, then you want to protect that asset. Um, but the other thing with car insurance is that, that a lot of people don't know is that when you drive on the road and you crash into someone else, you are liable to fix the problems that you caused. So if you crashed into someone, even if it was by accident, it's your responsibility to fix the damage that you created. And a lot of people can't afford to just fix someone else's car when they crash into it, and that's why we have insurance. So if I was driving on the road and I accidentally backed into a BMW and it was worth like 200 grand, even if it was like 50 grand just to replace something, I don't have 50 grand to just fix someone's car, but my insurance would pay for it. So there's a peace of mind there with insurance. But the other insurances to consider are health insurance, which will help um, if you if something happens to you and say you need a surgery so that you don't have to pay for that surgery out of your own pocket um, or just go without like many people do. Um, so health insurance is another one that I have. So I have health, contents, car um, and those are the three insurances that I have, and I would definitely recommend young people to look at insurance, because I think in my age group, people are like, oh no, insurance is like a adult thing, the thing is, is that we are adults, and the consequences that we can get from life we live are adult consequences, so we should be behaving as though we are adults, even if we're young, if we're 18, we should be having those insurances, we should be protecting ourselves, and we should be looking after what we have worked hard for, um, because we don't want to lose it. And think about our whanau, how much mahi has our whanau put into raising us, into growing us, and all of these things. We don't want it to just disappear. So it's a simple solution, is to budget insurance into your, um, into your weekly outgoings. I have a quick ad break for us now. I just wanted to really talk to you about my Warrant of Finance course, which I've just released. Are you sick of feeling controlled by your money or lack of it? Do you need an extra push to improve your finances in 2024? Invest in your future, invest in your whānau, invest in this course. This course is a game changer and this will help you and this will be the tool that helps you understand and improve your money situation. We were going to go over a clear picture so that you know where your money is coming from, where it is going. We will look at your income, your spending and what you own and what you owe. We'll talk about savings, how you can save money or make your income go further. We'll show you how to spend wisely and find opportunities to save puta. We'll create personal plans that create a plan that fits you so that we can help you create a roadmap for your money that makes sense for you, your life and your whanau. We'll also do some stuff on keeping track and being able to check in on your progress regularly. Life changes and money plans should always revolve around you and your situation. So we'll help you keep things on track there. 
but also this course will help you feel a bit more confident about your money decisions and know that you are doing what you need to do to be able to live the life that you want to live. All of these courses that are available, we're going to be doing classes online on Zoom, but if the time does not suit you, Kentapaitera, because the recording will be available for you at any time. Our first class is going to be accessible on December the 4th, which is quite soon. We're going to have six weeks of modules, so it's going to end Friday, um, January the 12th in 2024. Each class will be an hour long, and there's about four hours of homework over the duration of the course. So it's about 10 hours total of mahi for you, 10 hours of commitment for you to put into this course. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Head to my Instagram page, the link is in my bio, or I'll put it in the description as well. Definitely register, sign up for my course, Rona Finance. It's really important because we do these things for our car, we do it for other people in our life, we do it in our jobs, but we always neglect ourselves and our own finances and our own means to be able to build success. So make sure to do your Rona Finance today, sign up now, make sure you don't get it overdue because that is where the fines happen, start getting big ass fines in, in the future when you don't end up knowing things like how to buy a house and all these things, so these are the co- this is the course that you need to invest in to improve your life so that you can um, really improve your financial trajectory. Um, thank you so much Stefano, for your continual support of my Pakehi, I'm so excited to um, release this new Kopapa, and I think that so many of you will really benefit from it so please do sign up I'd love to see you there let's just get on to the podcast episode once you've got emergency fund you've paid off your high interest debt you're insured this is the time that I would start thinking about investing and before I would put any money into any investment the thing that I would do is really hone in on some self-education about the stock market, about the property market. I would really research these key things. I want you to look at money psychology. So why do we make the decisions we do about money? Because one of the stories I share is that when I first moved to uni, I never went to the doctors. And I thought that was quite weird. Like I've been through my own experiences of going through therapy and um, getting like professional help and being on a healing journey and things and I I really wanted to find out why because it's quite weird because I grew up and my mum always sent me to the doctors if I had a sore throat I went to the doctors so I wasn't one of the kids that didn't get to go to the doctors so for me I was so confused as to why I couldn't pay for myself to go to the doctor even if I had the money like I had it, this was in like my second year of uni after I had been broken that first year I had my emergency fund and I had enough money to go to the doctors but I still chose not to and so I went down this journey of trying to figure out why I was behaving like this right and what I realized it was was that even though I hadn't ever been like neglected by not going to the doctors I had absorbed from my childhood that my mother always put herself first and that she would put other people's needs before hers, and so as a young adult, that's exactly what I was doing, so someone would ask me for a loan, they would ask for, you know, 20 bucks, or 50 bucks, or they would ask me to pay for something, and I would go, yep, 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 Katie that's all good, when it came to me though, I was like, no, let's save money, let's invest, let's not spend any money, let's spend the least amount of money possible, the problem with this is that this is poverty mindset, 
because it's important to go to the doctors. If you don't go to the doctors, you end up sick, you miss work, and then you can't make money. It's like, it, it sounds crazy because what I thought I was doing was being frugal, being good with my money by saving it. But what I was actually doing was contributing to a lower productivity rate by not going to the doctors. So I only realized that after learning about money psychology and learning why I make the decisions I make around putia and how I can change these. So now I know that my health is very important and that without my health, I cannot do my work. Without my health, I cannot be there for my whanau. Without my health, I cannot be here at all. And that is very inspiring. Like that alone really helps me to feel like walking every day, every morning isn't about, you know, always looking after yourself and things. I think of it in the mindset, like I need to be on top of my game so that I can do what I want to do. I want to live a long, happy life. I want to be there for my whanau. I want to be there for my nanny. And I can't do these things when I'm unfit, when I'm unhealthy, or worst case, six feet under. And one of my friends actually said to me, what's the point in being a millionaire if you end up dead? And I was just a bit starstruck. I was like, are you serious? Like, I literally thought, I was like, I'm doing so much to help people become millionaires and blah, blah, blah. And I was a bit offended. And I was like, you know, like, why would you say something like that? Until I took the time and I was like, you're actually right. Like, I initially wasn't looking after myself at all. And I would eat two-minute noodles all the time. I would just work 24-7, I wouldn't move, I wouldn't, like, I would say no to all my friends hanging out, I would neglect my health, I would neglect myself, and that didn't end well, it ended in me being quite burnt out, quite emotional, and quite, um, just not in a good way, and so I've really honed in this year on my water and creating positive habits to help me lead a long and happy life, so that's a long way around really trying to encourage you to look at your money psychology because money psychology teaches you a lot and it really helps you to make better financial decisions. Once you've looked at money psychology, I would also encourage you to look at money markets. So the markets go up and down all the time, but it's really interesting to learn why they go up, why they go down and what you can do about it and how you can optimize your money within the market. So one of the things I've learned over my time is that um, recessions happen quite a lot so they you know can happen every 10 years or pl um, plus or minus but I remember vividly the 2008 recession and this was when my papa actually bought lots of houses um, because all of the houses were on sale this is how I describe it but really what happened was that interest rates go so high that people can't afford to keep their houses and we're seeing this at the moment with so many houses are going up for sale. But interest rates get so high, people can't keep their houses and pay for their mortgages, which means that they go out and they have to sell their houses. And so what happens is that they can decrease in value. And so what my papa did was he had um, enough saved and he had equity in his other houses that he bought lots of houses during the 2008 recession and this is what a lot of wealthy people do they use recessions or poor um, economic times when houses are up for sale for cheaper and they buy 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 
they buy and hold and they hold these for generations and they give them to their children and this is how generational wealth occurs and so one of the things that um, we need to do is really look at this because if we start planning for the next recession in our life knowing that there's going to be deals there's going to be you know like we have to think with this kind of stuff in mind and you can only really do that when you are educated about it so definitely look at money psychology um, look at money markets and the other thing I want you to look at is sales sales is a very important skill to have and it's one that I'm still learning and I'm still on my journey of understanding but sales is all about how can we convince other people to spend their money on me or on my business or on my products or on my services because that essentially there is billions trillions so much money out there in the world we just need to learn how to grab it and hold it and grow it and pass it down to our babies and have generational wealth for whanau Māori. But <laughs> we essentially just need to learn how to use these resources of sales. Um, so learning about sales, how to make sales, how to convince people to spend their money on you and your products. That's another thing to really look at. So money markets, money psychology, sales. And the next one I would really look at is negotiation. Negotiation is another thing that I'm only recently kind of learning or delving into. And the reason is that as a business owner, one of the things that you'll get is that you have to become everything within your business. So I am the social media coordinator. I am the podcast host. I'm also the person who responds to emails. I also run the workshops. I literally do everything in my business. Not to say that I don't have help because I do have help and I'm really grateful for the people who help me. But in saying that there are different roles that you'll have to learn to do until you can outsource them and one of them is negotiating so negotiating is a really important skill to have if you want to maximize how much money you're making because some people require a little bit of negotiating to be able to get either what you're worth or you know a little bit more which is what we're hoping for the way that I like to learn about these different concepts is by forcing myself to have it all around me so when I want to learn about marketing, I'm going to follow all of these marketing pages on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. I just follow them and I absorb every single piece I see. So I, a lot of people will say to me, you know, like, I feel like I spend so much time on social media. It's so bad. I never feel like that because everything I see on social media is uplifting. It's powerful. It's inspiring. Um, and it helps me to grow. And it helps me to learn new things. And I was actually on the phone with one of my friends the other day. And she was saying um, to do the same thing in terms of relationships. So she was saying if you were raised and you didn't understand what a healthy relationship looked like. Um, one of the things that you can do is follow other influencers who have healthy relationships and trick our minds into thinking that that is the norm and that is what we should um, expect in life. The same applies for money. So if we follow wealthy people, if we follow people making changes with their money, if we follow people who are ethical investors, these are the people who are going to rub off on us and we therefore get to reap the benefits of this. So yeah, those four things are really key to learning and being able to be a good investor. So sales, negotiation, um, money psychology and your money markets. 
where can you learn more about these things? Everywhere. Go on YouTube, go on TikTok, go on Instagram. Literally everywhere has so much content about these things. Um, I personally love Ali Abdal. He's an awesome um, influencer, has some really awesome content on this. Um, same with Gary V. I love Gary V's content. Honestly, there aren't that many women in this industry talking about these things, which is one of the reasons why I love doing it, because um, we, one, don't have wahine Māori in this industry, but I just think that we need more diversity at the table to talk about these things. But that is basically it. If you want to start investing, make sure you have your emergency fund down packed. Your high interest debt needs to be paid for and need to make sure that you're insured. Once those are th Once those things are done... You need to become educated about investing. Learn about those four things I was talking about. Sales, negotiation, money markets, money psychology. You need to understand those four things. Then, the next thing you can do is literally figure out a strategy. So, yours might look like $100 a month. Or it might look like $5 a week. Whatever it is, you're going to have a strategy with how you're going to grow wealth. Um, and the strategy that I use is dollar cost averaging. So this means if the market is high, if the market is low, you put the same amount of money in every single week. I did this um, for a while and I stopped this year because I really wanted to invest all of my extra money into my business and into me and my holder because I felt like that was really important at this stage in my life. But I think it's really important to kind of just establish your why and why you're doing the things you're doing because I'm doing the things I'm doing to grow generational wealth so that I can pass this down for my tamariki and what I realized was that I won't be around to have tamariki if I don't look after my high water so I needed to kind of put a halt to the finance stuff in terms of investing in the stock market and all that putia will instead go on buying better kai or you know doing these things to help me be more healthy so at this moment in time in my life my hauora is the most important thing um but not to say that finances isn't something I think about like I obviously still work in this area and I love money um but it's about really finding what's important to you at this moment in life and just also understanding that everything is temporary so what I'm doing right now is because that's the stage of life I'm in right now but next year, I hope to buy my first house. And if I can do that, that will be a different area. But I'll still be kind of working on my hauora, working on my finances, and working to grow wealth. But either way I do it, it all leads to the same destination, which is generational wealth for whānau Māori. That's it for today's podcast episode, Ete I hope you really enjoyed it. If you did love it, please share it to your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag me. Um, and yeah, I hope everyone has a fantastic week. That's it from me. Ngā mihi nui, te kahukura.